This is for the nerds, this is for the brainiacs, this is what we deserve. Go ahead and play it back, you ain't gonna touch me, you not gonna do nothing, you are not above me, I bet you wish you was me, I know that I know. What is poppin' everybody, and welcome back to another special episode of the Only Friends Podcast. Well, you know, I'm here with my only friends. And you know, my man Berkey, he's still fucking fighting in this main right now. I'm hanging on. I'm hanging on by the skin of my teeth. Uh, I managed to bag 15 big blinds. I, I hate tournaments, man, so badly. Why? There's so much fun. What's fun about being miserable all day long, having to fold suited hands, looking at Queen 10 suited and facing a raise and it, saying like, uh. It's just the way you look at life. It's about survival, man. It's okay. You can muck the Queen 10 suited. I don't, that's the thing. You, you, I don't want to play. It, did I, you? I wanna, yeah, I mucked it. <laughs> I, I want to, I, I have an abundance mindset, Conrad. You know, I want to play something where I can get in there, splash around, try to accumulate some chips, you know, the good old fashioned way, not sit here with 15 big blinds and wonder like, when are the next 80 people going to bust? I, that's what I'm resigned to right now. I'm, <laughs> I'm resigned to playing some sort of like quasi satellite format where we're too far away for me to just fold my way into the money. Sure. But I have 15 big blinds, so I have to like preserve. You gotta I fight just, it out, bro. Yeah, I, I don't have the heart for this, man. <laughs> I don't have the heart for this at all. Sarah understands. Uh, fully today's the big day you know Moving we're gonna day. we're gonna get into the money uh nobody else showed up for the podcast apparently like we're the only ones this left. is the crew for the rest of the time landon has been rendered speechless he's actually been he's become a mute he's walking around the house with a poster board and a marker <laughs> he's not lying <laughs> i'm being because he can't be like actually quiet for no <laughs> he's talking he like this he hasn't spoken in like 20 hours and this, when did this all emerge? He somewhere was playing around, poker. He wasn't talking the rest of the day, right? No, somewhere around dinner time last night. Wow. He just like absolutely trashed his voice. But uh, it's, he's sick. It has to be he's sick. Like, Boom, roasted. Yeah. And he's no longer in the tournament either. No, no. no Ace, Ace five suited got him. Yeah. Standard spot for landing. <laughs> See, he also is not built for this life. No, he's not. He's, he's just not. Like, uh, I, had a, I had what I thought was a close spot where um, there weren't open three bet from like low jack high jack and i'm in the small blind with jacks and the effective stacks were chip leader my man uh krismir i'm gonna butcher this my apologies in advance sir krismir yankoff you did great uh he bagged a million all from my table a lot of it was probably mine <laughs> directly or indirectly i had up to 300 a couple of times so a couple times i bagged 96 so a couple times did oh. you, when you got the 300 did you forget about the survival part Look, I had good hands. Okay, like, I had these stupid spots coming. It, it was the same person over. Well, actually, I guess it wasn't. But I had the first time I open Ace Queen under the gun, get three bet by the cutoff, who's like thirty five deep. Okay. Big blind is a recreational from Vegas that I know relatively well. He's a bit splashy. He cold calls off of thirty five from the big blind. And I was like, okay, this is a layup, slammies, <laughs> all in. First guy folds as I expected. Second guy who cold calls, he's going to call sometimes. We're going to flip. It's going to be fine. No big deal. I get a chance to, you know, win a big pot. No, he has queens, no, Conrad. No. He has queens. Did you find an ace? No, I, I flopped a gut shot. No ace. Okay. 
Later, then, the spot comes up, chip leader opens, the, this kid off of 42, three bets, uh, high jack, low jack, I'm in the small blind with jacks. Uh, this feels close to me. This is like the shittiest spot ever. We were talking about it last night. <laughs> Only because it's live. Yeah, I know. If it's online, you're like, high five! Yeah, I can't wait to shove. Yeah, but and, like, it's live. And but my instinct's live. I'm just like, looking at this, and I'm just like, this is a $25,000 buy-in. I don't know what this money means to these people, and like, it's $4 million up top. And like, then you just try to like, figure it out, like, alright, what does this mean to you? Like, to this person, like, what does this mean? To, and it's like, fuck, man, he just has Queens Plus. Well, he doesn't. No, when all the money goes in, he has Queens yes, Plus. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> yeah, but, like, you know, you still have jacks, and the money doesn't always go in. So it's like, let's just win 12 big blinds some of the time. That seems like a good outcome. Yeah. Fortunately, I covered him because he also had Queens. And it left me with 20 bigs, and I bagged 15. Yeah, you know, I mean... The, the thing is... When you have jacks, they don't... You, you know, uh, <laughs> about 10 years ago at the, at the World Series, 10 years ago? Yeah, roughly 10, 10 to 12 years ago, somewhere in that frame, uh, I ran into Jason Kuhn after bubbling a 1K. Okay. So back then, you made the money at the end of day one. You played till like midnight, bubble burst, somewhere around like 11, 30, 12 o'clock, right? And I had piles on dinner, just piles. And he was at my table, and he got himself crippled down to like... Four or five big blinds. And I was like, you know, RIP Jason, our table broke, whatever. I end up bubbling. And he won the tournament. I end up bubbling. And I run into him two days later as he and Brent Hanks are at the final table of this 1K. <laughs> and I look at him and I go, what the fuck, bro? Like, I got in with my last 35 and deuces because I felt like I was short. <laughs> and deuces? I, look, man, it was in 12 early, years ago, 12, 12 years, years ago. ago. Understood, right? understood. But yeah, basically, I, I, uh, I three bet jam deuces versus like under the gun one. <laughs> Landon would approve. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. It was so bad, man. I remember telling Dan the hand, and he was just like, What are you doing? I'm like, <laughs> I'm like He didn't have to have it. Uncle Dan, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, oh, so I run into Jason, and I'm best. just like, I'm like, what how the fuck did you final table this man you had four big blinds what uncle dan, uncle dan. <laughs> <laughs> he's just staring at that's you. like the creepiest uncle dan picture i've ever seen just oh like, we have a whole rolodex of them on deck <laughs> in your face we have a whole rolodex of them so i run into jason i'm like how how just like how like how good do you run man he just looks at me he goes you just have to have the heart man you dig? and at that very moment i knew i did not have the heart <laughs> The heart, yeah. the patience. I saw Phil Bort yesterday, and I, I've talked to him lots of times, and there have been so many times I've seen him in a tournament with less than seven big blinds and then seen him close to the final day. He hasn't had the, like a lot of the big moments in the live tournament scene, but I think, I mean, heart, yeah, but like just so much patience. Yeah. Just, it's fine. Just fold it. Just fold it in one I time. have the heart to lose a, an actual physical million-dollar pot. Yeah. And then put another buy-in on the table. That's hard. Like that, that, I feel like that's hard. That I have the stomach for. I, 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 I'm here for it because, like, you know, just keep me in the arena long enough. You can't eject me. You see, that's the thing. He's scared of ejection. I don't want to get through. I don't, I don't, like, I don't want the rejection. You know, I don't want to be told, you have to exit the arena now, sir. Do like, you think, though, if you had a really big tournament score, like maybe this year, next year, that you're – sentiment towards the live tournament experience he, might shift a little bit he cast a tournament for 1.4 million at once upon a time so it doesn't it doesn't <laughs> matter to you that doesn't change anything i look i i put on a certain persona when i'm when i'm on this show uh i i love 
tournament. Well, I don't love tournaments. I'm not going to go that far. But <laughs> I love the idea of them. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, there's like a lot of things that I'm a curmudgeon about that I'm actually not deep down a curmudgeon about. Okay. But like as a cash game player, I just have to shit on tournaments. Yeah. It's, it's like, you know, it's part of the, the shtick. I've seen recently though, I think there's been a, I've seen a lot of players who were very much cash game players make the shift in the last couple of years to the live space. And I've been surprised to kind of hear, I feel like there's been a- We have a no choice. Shift. Yeah, I was gonna say, that's because they're not allowed in games anymore. Yeah, we, we have no choice. <laughs> Literally no it choice. It happens to everyone eventually. <laughs> it's just to open fields. Tournament poker is absolutely booming. Just yeah. booming. I mean, there is a, a mass rush of money and flooding into the market in tournament poker and cash games are absolutely going private and dying. So it's like we have no choice if you want to continue to make a living at this like you better get good at icm and i just i don't like the idea of some model telling me that i have to fold good hands because it's worth dollars like uh, when did i get into a game where folding makes you money that was never the case hey, and Matt. it's so like today yeah. is the i mean no, it's go ahead it's oh. exciting because so many people bust right okay like it's i mean crazy hands happen all ins but today's also kind of like the worst day because when you're coming into the money it just everything is so slow and every i have two big blinds is it possible if it goes around the table this amount of times that we can maybe get in the money and that is 100 percent. when i have all the chips i love tournaments yeah i'm so happy yeah, if i came in get... today like 100 big blinds like i would just be well, it's a bubble day baby. Yeah. let's go that's because it's the field day you're just like left hand right hand left hand right hand left hand right hand yeah that's what i'm here for <laughs> guys we have a really good question in chat sorry to interrupt um leonard sharp wants to know if that lanyard on conrad is so that they can identify the guy who's sleeping in the hotel hallway <laughs> Does, red flag, red flag. Hallway pass. Yeah, does, that, does that media pass get you nap, uh, nap credentials? You know, I get a little bit of lunch, a little bit of nap credentials. I get a cup of coffee every once in a while. This is the kind of place where I feel like if you're like out of sight of the guests, they don't mind. They're just like, yeah, do your thing, man. Yeah, you had a, you want, had a rough day. I yeah, understand. They have no, they have no quarrels, whatever. We were in the pool at like 4 a.m. the other day, and they come out there and they're like, hey, you're not allowed in here. He's like... Come on, man. Come on. Guy turns around. He's like, I just had to tell you. Yeah, you know, <laughs> That's amazing. He doesn't get paid enough to police I just had this. to tell you, man. <laughs> I, it works in the favor, in your favor sometimes, I guess. Because there's a lot of scenarios here where you're like, man, I, the, you know, the Bohemians are not really known for service, maybe necessarily. That's not the like prime, prime focus, but also a very casual approach to rules and yeah. things like that yeah. Yeah, i'm probably taking did you ever again. did you ever break into the water slides at atlantis uh after hours i played the fifth yeah that was uh <laughs> i was gonna that say that was a big tradition back in the uh the older pca days i was just saying, i feel like there's a zero percent chance she did not <laughs> <laughs> like i don't know her but i feel like there's a zero percent chance she did not the first time i met sarah was at uh, pca 2014 and she was just working the room i mean just the hallways the room <laughs> like i there are things the, just lining up drinks with everybody. The first time we, we that I came on here just a few days ago, you were talking about, you know, your night and drinking and these things. And I was thinking, I can remember hitting the party, the Poker Stars party, very hard, very hard one time. And, and I, I couldn't remember where my room was. And my husband actually was here with me, who's a big guy. And Faraj Daka was like, hey, I know where your room is. Like, I'm on the same floor as you. I would like to take you to your room so that you like don't die on the way there because you cannot walk. Um, but I'm afraid of your husband, so you're gonna have to figure this <laughs> shit out yourself. <laughs> I was like, okay, cool. Uh, 
I must have made it back somehow. Could you but point me in the right direction? Yeah, like it's it, there have been some ugly, ugly bohemian moments for me. <laughs> That's great. That's what we're all here for. Yeah. Uh, a less ugly moment that I experienced, actually a very surreal one. Uh, on day one dinner break, I I snuck my way back here to do work because the grind never stops. Dude, I you're very impressive. I'll be honest with you. I have to tell you. So this is <laughs> I don't I don't know what how much of this is correlated, but I started taking a new supplement um, protocol and uh, I've been following uh, Huberman Lab very closely and he, he suggested this stuff called Tanga Ali. And it's supposed to like have some sort of like cognitive effects and a slight increase in your testosterone, whatever. I am absolutely wired. Like 24-7, <laughs> I am just like six hours of sleep ready to fucking crush. Dude, you need to text me this immediately because I originally thought that about Adderall and then it, it has a big downside. <laughs> There's a large downside to that. Yeah, so. for sure. This just comes from a mushroom, you know, it's just like a little natural boost. Yes. But yeah, no, it's been great. But anyway, I come back here and I'm like creating the thumbnail for the next day and I'm minding my business, like eating my chicken and rice going off. And I, I take a look up out of the corner of my eye and I see this older gentleman with a blazer and a poker stars patch, like walking towards me. Oh, no. And my mind immediately just goes to, oh, okay, like this is poker stars brass, like, you know, put on your best face, shake some hands, kiss some babies and, uh, and thank them for the opportunity. Right. And as he gets closer, uh, I see him like reach out to shake my hand and I go shake his hand and I'm just like, wait, what the fuck? And he's talking and I'm barely hearing the words. It's almost like mumbled because it's so surreal to me. And he's just like, I just want to say like, I'm a big fan of like, yada, yada, yada. And I'm like, holy fucking shit. It's Wags. Fucking Wags. Oh. It's Wags dope. from Billions. So yeah. Dope. Here. They brought a lot of like celebs, I think, or a lot of celebs came to the PSPC. Yeah, that's great. He knows who I am. Yeah. <laughs> How? Mm. Poker famous. That means he knows who I am. Probably. Hi, Wags. <laughs> I, I don't get starstruck very often. It happened with Michael Phelps, which that whole story I've told many times, but like couldn't have gone worse. <laughs> First time I met him, he absolutely hated my guts. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. Well, you're, I'm a big fan. <laughs> uh, sorry. Hey, guys, uh, just to give a little... Um, Indication of who we're talking about here when Faraz was talking about Sarah's husband. I love showing this clip. Oh, this is my favorite thing on the internet. Not him. No. <laughs> but actually, my favorite part is the Jesus. audio. He has a head tattoo? Oh, no. That, he has no tattoos. That's his hair. Oh, See, he dyed it. Heath but what I, you guys can't hear... Heath and I both don't like to kiss. Oh, God. <laughs> oh. Oh. Wait, but this is what you're missing right now. The guys are going, ha, 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 he, ha. Oh, he see, he not homosexual. He not gay. He not gay. <laughs> That's the part. This is the commentary that you guys are missing really quick. That's God. the best part of the video, in I, my opinion. I have to tell you, uh, I, I would love for you to be a permanent stay on this show. Just to ensure that I don't ever get canceled. Because like usually I'm the one flirting with this line. But here we are. Here we are. It, it's with great appreciation that I share my interpretation of these amazing commentators. Okay. We used to lean on Melissa for that because she's half Japanese, so she would just go. Uh, Andre too. Andre's Malaysian. And he's like just the most racist Malaysian of all they time. They approve. I'm sure they approve. Sure. I'm sure. Oh, man, it was solid. Hilarious. I've been working on it for. No, a while. that was that was really good. <laughs> Thank you. Thank that you. That was right up there with my uh, Henry British accent. <laughs> Did you just compliment your own accent of somebody take else? Take a day off, man. My God. Take a day off. <laughs> you may take a day off. 
Oh my god! Oh man! So, I'm glad you were in here for him to find you, though, because I was trying to get you to come to the media room, and it actually for me was a big indication of how out of the world I am at this point because I got the list of these are the potential celebs that you can talk to mm. and try to you know set up interviews with, and I literally didn't know a single one of them, not <laughs> one. I yeah. googled every single one of them, and then did you know them? Well, yeah, I spent some time. I dug deep. No, I mean, like... But no. You didn't, like... I've never seen that. Because, like, I wouldn't have known his name if you had just mentioned it in passing. But if you say Wags from Billions, like, I know exactly who you're talking about. No, I had not seen Billions. I did kind of recognize... He has one of those faces, maybe, like, a character actor oh, that you know you've seen before. You. Really? You have to watch Billions. Brian Koppelman wrote it. The thing... Well... It's like rounders for day traders. Sure. <laughs> Honestly, I... So good. That's such an insulting... Not insulting, but, like, such a... A poker way to mm -hmm. uh, to, to say it. it's nothing like Rogers, no, but it's great. But like this iconic poker. But yeah. Like, okay. I mean, compliments the best. Yeah. Yeah. And he's into poker, right? He's yeah. A very, yeah. Yeah. He's done a lot of stuff, but yeah. No, I'm very out of the. Uh, I don't understand what's happening in popular culture. Well, that's what happens when you get a family and that's the problem. Move to the middle of nowhere, Texas. Yep. Do you guys even have Wi-Fi? <laughs> <laughs> we have fiber. It's, it was key. It was a key yeah. element. But yeah, we're I um I envision you on like a 250 acre ranch where it takes a day to even get to civilization. Cows, yeah. Just everyone else has an egg issue. We have no egg issues right now. <laughs> we're having no problems. But it's a yeah. I realized I was like, man, I it's probably going to be like five to ten years before I'm back into popular culture. And I I interviewed Arden Cho. Cho. Who, yeah is on a Netflix show. And when I was Google, I mean, she's amazing. She's a model, she's a singer, she's brilliant. She's doing a lot in poker. I, never, I had, nothing. I, had I, nothing. I I mean, I know her because of poker. So uh, that, that one I think is a fair one. Okay, good. Netflix is tough to navigate. Yeah. I mean, like for me anyway, if it's not in the just released or uh, the very first suggestion bar, I'm probably never seeing it. Uh, and it's tough if you, which I don't, but if you do share your password with your family for the $13 or whatever it is a month, and then your recommendations are just shot. I'm like, I would never watch this. Why is this on there? Oh, I, I have a guess why. I <laughs> but I definitely don't do that. I would never do that either. No, no. never. I actually just buy extra Netflix accounts just to support the team. That's right. Team. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> just in case. Oh, We're no. Terrible. Oh, no. Please, God, let me cash this tournament. I need it so bad. It's, and it's a solid catch. It's like 35K. Or I just something. need it for morale. I don't need the money. Just I, just, I, I just need to know that I can navigate 15 big blinds. Like, this could be the turning point. This could be my I have heart moment. I love tournaments now. Yeah. Shift. I could be the next Jason Kuhn. Well, I, it's a tough even. <laughs> I, yeah. What? Uh, I work out. You could. We're from we're from like a hundred miles apart. We're basically the same. Okay. I think you guys have similar vibes. Am I off? <laughs> no, we we actually have like a pretty similar backstory. Yeah. We didn't grow that far. Like he grew up in West Virginia, probably like a hundred miles away from me. Yeah, I think yeah. you guys are both selfless. We've, we've navigated some trailer parks in our days. Yeah, you should, he probably is into new tropics. Like I bet oh, he's taking sure. the same thing you are. He's just been on it for he's, like, he's a little bit right longer. Right now, I'm Tongali. That's my shit. Yeah, totally. <laughs> he's getting out of the cold bath right now. Hi, yeah. Jason. Like, nice, <laughs> nice to see you. Yeah. It's it's hard though right now, right? I like I saw Andrew Moreno, who's very skilled and competent. He's definitely crushing the tournament games right now. But on last afternoon, he said, "Man, yeah, it's just hard." So this 
part of the tournament it gets harder and harder i think i think that's because he has heart like when you have heart the disappointment is so grand when you care right but when you're completely fucking dead inside <laughs> and all you see are these floppy disks in front well they're not floppy all you see are these clay disks in front of you that are worthless yeah. until they're worth something it's so hard to compartmentalize and just be like okay we've studied this Things change a little bit now that you're not rich. Actually, that's the way I should reframe this. Yeah, you should. Is a tournament is actually my economic situation condensed down into three days. So it's like, hey, we just started the tournament. We're rich. And then a couple hours in, it's like, we're really rich. And then maybe dinner break, it's like, well, we've had some setbacks. You know, the government's cracking down on this. Interest rates have gone up. We need to really tighten the purse strings here a little bit. The suited connectors, we can't really spend any money on those any longer, okay? We're going to have to pass. You kids don't get any small pocket pairs for Christmas. Okay. <laughs> no. no eggs in the fridge anymore. Yeah, you might have changed your life right here on the I, podcast. I think I just today. did. I think I just converted tournaments into uh, into my own personal economical crisis. Yeah, and I think it's very relatable, actually. Yeah, very relatable. Yeah, right now as we as we approach this bubble, Bitcoin has hit an all time low of twelve k. <laughs> are you serious? No, but Bro, in my right tournament, in my tournament scenario, that's yeah. where we're at. Uh, you know, we're holding on. There's a there, there, there's a there, hope. There's a little dream there somewhere. There, there's a fork up ahead, eighty players away. All we have to do is hold on tight, and suddenly it'll double in price. In that one second that you said Bitcoin's at twelve k, how many people do you think went to go to Google? <laughs> Bitcoin so, price. Yeah, I, I, was, I was just like, wait, did I miss something? Crap. <laughs> It's fine. We're fine. <laughs> we'll be okay. Yeah. Everything's going to be okay. Well, it's, it's okay. Actually, Bitcoin's doing okay. Yeah. It's, it's it up a little bit. The problem, though, also with busting these kind of tournaments, and I'm curious, you know, you're a professional. You've been doing this for a long time. What we tend to see frequently is that you, the tournament you bust, you're sad. And instead of, like, going to the beach, Conrad had a whole day planned, you know? Mm. Things didn't go. He was like, I'm going to the beach. That's happening. But instead of that, then there's, like, the 3K. Then there's, like, the... 3k turbo after that then there's the the problem is that the 25k devolves very quickly into like a spew of a ton of other tournaments and then next thing you know you're dead inside actually dead inside you know even worse i'm even more mad i didn't play the 3k yesterday the deep stack 3k i did not instead i went home and i played online tournaments in the bahamas (laughs) yeah yeah, that is so he, DJ and in such a different way. Oh my gosh. I wanted to, you know, hang out yesterday, just be in the house kind of. So I played some online birds. It was fun. Play, I'm very upset that there's a 3K. Like $30 two. satellites to the Venom. Whatever. I want a Venom C and I want a 1KC, so get out of my face. Um, but, you know, like. Sick flex, bro. <laughs> there's like 200K up top in this 3K. And I was in the house playing satellites to the Venom. I can't breathe. Yeah. My God. And you're just sharing the space with Landon, like all of the. Laryngitis is just floating all around well, that house. To be, if he was home, I wouldn't have been there. Also, <laughs> Landon, you're the problem. We could be in this 3K right to now. To be fair, I think, I think it's like really low probability he's contagious, as this seems to be the fallout from his ear infection. Oh, he had an ear infection, too. Well, he's like a little baby. <laughs> he really is a little baby. This is like the third time in two days that we've called him an infant. Like, he, he legitimately, he just eats shits and sleeps. Like, We're sorry. I'm sorry, Landon. He cooks now, though. Yeah, that's true. He's like a, he's like a dangerous toddler. 
sorry. <laughs> Pancake batter spotted across the kitchen. Sometimes it catches fire. Other times it's buzzing. This is bad. We're sorry. I feel bad. He's a but we are really sour. grateful to him for getting our guest on for today. That is oh, true. Yeah, we have to be grateful. That is true. We'll be joined shortly by Alex Botez. Uh, oh, Joe. You have to start it with Smoke Show, Alex Botez. I am not allowed to start anything with Smoke Show. <laughs> there are rules. <laughs> I have to abide by them. You are here to break them. You, you never thought I was coming to this podcast to bring the R ratings. Oh, no, I, I couldn't appreciate you being here more. <laughs> Trust me. I need buffer. That makes two of us. Yeah. Yeah. Conrad doesn't serve me as a buffer. If anything, he just makes it worse. He tries to get me canceled. <laughs> I just look at him, laugh, and just say whatever I want to try to get him canceled. That's <laughs> it's great. I'm the great. You know, this is why we're one and two. Here. The fact that we've one made it 210 two. shows with you having a hot mic is just like live. I, I mean, we've had this discussion many times of like, guys, do you really think we should do this live? And it's like, well, I don't know. I'm putting a lot of trust I'm in people sure. here. <laughs> I'm not sure, but it's worth it. Melissa definitely made us re-question the whole live thing. <laughs> like, well. <laughs> maybe we should be on like a 10 minute delay yeah, maybe 20. <laughs> give guavo a chance to get in there and edit a few things out not for nothing 210 episodes i think we've done pretty damn well yeah yeah there's only like you know four cancelable moments maybe five yeah you know you know most of them came from you anyway yeah so, so it doesn't even matter yeah it's like you expect such things but you're also just like you're kind of uncancelable and, exactly i think five out of like yeah. 210 so what is that like two and a half percent that's nothing bro yeah it's you, less than that you check all the boxes like yeah, you're okay. from new york i'm black yeah I anything mean, else you're norwegian yeah norwegian like obviously can't just claim it. english isn't your first language <laughs> <laughs> that works every time I speak Bahamian. That's what Christian does all the time. <laughs> Every time. Go, English is my second language. <laughs> you guys have so much on your plate, though. Brian is, he had to go back, right, to run a class. Well, not to run it, to, well, to oversee. He's a little manager. So he has to. Little, little manager. Yeah. It's so hard to, for me. I only speak one language. Well, his, That's my main problem. <laughs> Brian wears many hats. His, his last name is Lamana. Yeah. Uh, so he became the Le manager of, yeah. of Solve for Y. But yeah, so we have an academy that starts tomorrow. Uh, today's Wednesday? Today's yep. Wednesday. Yeah. Yep, so it starts okay. tomorrow. So he's there with production, setting everything up, getting the table ready. Getting, I mean, a lot of things go on behind the scenes. Yeah. And he is just the absolute best at crushing it, getting it all handled, making sure that Christian's going to be there tomorrow to actually lead the class. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, we're in real trouble because Matt Hunt is also here in day three. We were talking about it. I was like, okay, like we have, we have to figure this out because you and me are here. And uh, Christian's in New Jersey. So, like, one of us has to be there for the Academy day one. Uh, he's like, well, just play the 25K, man. I was like, I don't know. I think I should skip it and just go back. It's the responsible thing to do. He goes, what is it, like 1% we both make day three? And here we are. And then yesterday, they're like, we're only playing six levels and not down to the money. And I just text Matt, and I'm like, more like 10%. <laughs> Dude, I don't know how you, it's a lot to balance. You guys have a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, but that's what we signed up for. Yeah. And it all kind of like overflows on top of one another. You know, it's like the business overlaps with poker, poker overlaps with the community at large and the podcast and whatever. You just figure it out. We kind of love this shit too, in a way. 
Speak for yourself. You love it more than any of us. Yeah. Like, you would do this alone, so get out of here with your nonsense. Uh, if I wasn't doing all this, I would just be, like, going crazy in a cabin in a woods somewhere in Montana with my dogs, and there'd be, like, a 20% chance I became the next Ted Krasinski. Yeah. A 20. 20? Yeah, arguable. Yeah. But... <laughs> and the... Comrade's gonna ask who Ted Krasinski is. No, you're not. Do you want to tell me? Get out. Get out. He no, how, I'm dead serious. Are you 25? How old are you? Eh? 35. Yeah. 35. Too old to not know the who. The Unabomber? You don't know who that is? Oh, okay. When you say the Unabomber, yes, I know who that is. That's the guy that blew up the Oklahoma thing, right? No. <laughs> no that's not. what... Wait. It's not. No. So who's the Unabomber? Phil Lack? <laughs> <laughs> he sent bombs in the mail. Oh. To where? Really smart Everywhere? guy. It uh, could happen to Berkeley. I, I don't remember. Lots of places. Who his targets were. It took but a yeah. while to figure it out. He, yeah. was, he was sharp. Imagine yeah. how good he'd be now with Amazon. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Dude. He would be <laughs> doing it. You know? Literal. <laughs> but so the Academy is, is like a labor of love for you guys, right? This is like you really have to get into the people who come and form relationships with them in I, some way. I love it. I wish. Uh, well, I, I don't wish this because I... More so than anything else, I care about, like... Oh, that's not true. Um, I was going to say I care about scaling things. Yeah. Uh, that is partially true, but I care about scaling things without losing the the original core, uh, I guess, like, mission behind it. And part of me wishes that, like, our entire business was just running academies. Yeah. Because it's, you know, it, it's inter you're interacting with, like, nine people. You get to see them face-to-face. -face. They're not just, like, uh, faceless consumers to you who are just, like, buying a product or whatever. But... Uh, the the three days well now it's four um the start to finish it's like watching clay get molded into something i have to say i had a, a someone in my family reached out to me and said they had someone they wanted me to meet because it was a close friend of theirs and their close friend's husband wanted to become a professional poker player <laughs> to which i was like okay <laughs> let me just help you out and they were big fans of matt so I said, okay, I can introduce you to Matt. I've got that kind of power. Like, just wait for it. <laughs> and he came and he did the Academy. And of course, he had this most amazing experience. And he very soon after moved to Florida. And he's been playing professional poker for maybe four or five years. Really? You guys molded him from a, yeah, from a, a He's a smart guy. He's definitely a smart guy. He could no, have been he definitely finance, is but, super sharp. Yeah, but he he was like, "This is what I want." Actually, it's quite interesting though because he's one of three people that I know that ha became and have been professional poker players for maybe the last four or five years. Who at this juncture are now saying, "Yeah, maybe I want to like do some other things." Also, yeah. <laughs> well, that's the did thing. you find that you, in your own life? And yeah, you hit a. I mean, at some point, you're just aware of like the cap of this space. Yeah. Like it, the the draw is the freedom. Right, like, oh, I can make a living independently of everybody else and I'll never have to answer to anybody again. It's like, you, you just pursue that with, with vigor because that seems so freeing. Then you get the independence and you realize like, fuck, I'm pretty limited on capital here. Like, I'm a pretty smart person. I think I could do a lot in this world and I'm pretty restricted to making like X amount and it's decreasing year over year. Um, that's great though that, to hear because we don't get the follow-up stories that much. So like quite often there's, there's this fall off where some people will really just become a hardcore staple of the community. Like there are people in our discord channel that have been here from like Academy one that are just like crushing it. Like shout out to Mark Rumbaugh. He does uh, a, an Excel spreadsheet of literally every hand that has ever been televised 
through Solve for Why. So Poker Out Loud, the Academy, everything. He just like logs it all and shares it with the community for them to like have timestamps of sort. They're the people I love. Yeah, they're, These are the people. they're like the backbone to building communities because yes. like they're just doing this free labor that nobody else would ever want to do, and yes. it's tedious, and it's not it's not like it's uh, detrimental to the product, but it's such a nice addition. Yeah. Um, and so like you know, it's easy for me to follow his trajectory and know what's going on, but then there are others that just like, hey, thanks, you gave me what I needed. And I'm going to go out there and do my thing and you're not going to hear from me anymore. It's like, okay. Because you did a good job. Like either way, the pro- it's like a good product, two completely different outcomes, but like both Well, there's are definitely pl- plenty of people who come uh, because a lot, of the, a lot of the people who attend are um, people who play poker. I don't want to say casually, but like uh, they're like serious recreationals. Like they have right. a nine to five. They come, they go through the three or four days and whenever they are leaving, they're just like, this was amazing, but what I realize now is this is not something I want to pursue. And I think that that's like... That's also good. Yeah, it's kind of helpful. Like, I wish... Nah, I, I'm, a, I'm a masochist. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I wish that there were things that would like fast track my failures in life, but I don't know that that's necessarily you true. You want the slow burning... I, 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 I don't like being told I can't do something, for sure. And I think like sports is a good reflection of that. When I was younger, like... I remember my uh, senior year of high school, my uh, assistant coach was like, are you going to try to play college ball? I was like, yeah, what kind of question is that, coach? (laughs) Of course. Uh, Or sorry, it was my junior year. Um, And I had had a really good season uh, hitting. Uh, I was like, I led the Valley in RBIs and I was like, you know, top 20 in uh, batting average and all this other stuff. So it was like my breakout year. And he's like, are you going to try to play college ball? And I was like, yeah, like for sure. And he's like, you're not going to try to pitch, are you? And I'm like, I mean, I don't want to, but like, I'll do literally anything to be on a college team. So like, whatever they need out of me, I don't care. And at that time, I was our number one uh, arm out of the pen, but I wasn't starting. We had a pretty good rotation. And he goes, you'll never make it as a pitcher in college. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. LFG. <laughs> okay, fine. Uh, the following season, I ended up being our number one starter, and I never swung a bat a single pitch in college. Not that that's the, the funny thing is, is like, that seems like a flex of like, I'll show you, man, I'm going to go. But like pitching was such a downgrade from what I actually wanted to do. It was like the last option. And it's so much less fun and it's so much more hard yeah. work and like batting, dude, batting's the best yeah, you part get to of play the game. Every day you get to be the hero. You get to hit home yes. runs as, as, as a pitcher. Like you get to play once every five days. You have to sit in the freezing cold in the bullpen all day long. And all you can be is the absolute scapegoat. Yes, and also all you do is just destroy your shoulders and your yeah, arms. You like there's wrecked. no way to come out of it with like a normal just, body. The training is literally just run. Yeah. Every day you show up to practice, they're like, all right, start off with a five mile jog and come back to me. I'll let you know what you're gonna do next. We don't know what to do with you right now. We've got other stuff yeah. going on. Yeah, look, we're, We've got batting we're, practice. We're working with real athletes over here, okay? <laughs> just go scurry off and run somewhere. Your skills. Okay. Yeah. Throwing a ball. Wow. Old masochist though. Yeah, yeah. It makes yeah, sense. I really am. It makes sense. You'd think I'd steer more into tournaments if that were the case. Yeah, actually, you're right. Uh, you know what? This might be the flippening. You're just <laughs> on your way. Like, you keep talking about it. Like, you keep talking about it in this, like, I don't know, down bad way. But you're on your way. Like, you have no You know what choice. it is? It's you're self-preservation. Yeah. I'm already committed to it. Yeah, it's it's just I'm, I'm saving face for when the, the success isn't there. When the success does come, I just shrug and go, huh, oh, what do you know? Oh. What do you know? Not so bad at this thing after all. Huh? Oh. Yeah, you don't have that. <laughs> How did you guys all come together? This is like a real 
motley crew of people. Conrad can tell his story. Uh, I, I'll tell my side first. Um, I wanted none of this. <laughs> I, I selected for none of these people. Yeah. I asked for none of this. Yeah. They've all just found their way into my life. They, they're pretty much stalkers, basically. With the exception of Brian. Brian I've known since I was like nine. Stop, really? Yeah. The manager? Yeah. You guys were like... We hated each other in high school. Oh. We were like best friends from uh, like fifth to seventh grade. And then, you know, we, we hit puberty and it became out. a very competitive space. And he was just the most immature person I had ever met. <laughs> At that point, I'm like raising a drug addict mom. And I'm like, I don't have time for your bullshit, man. Yeah, I don't have room for you. So Sorry. like for the next like four or five years, we were just like, at with like he just drove me insane we almost fist fought when we were juniors in high school uh but then we found poker and we ended up like living together in college moving out here together and a then long journey what about miguel miguel i met through andre well there's a whole snaking there yeah it's a whole deal <laughs> so so guapo uh i met through andre andre i met through jason somerville uh when he was still doing run it up so Andre was Jason's number one. Uh, actually, to be fair, I guess I sort of met him through Jason and through Dan. There was a small window of time where Dan was uh, trying his hand at streaming on Twitch. I remember that. And he needed to get everything set up. So Andre actually came over and was like the tech guy <laughs> and got like his whole Twitch thing. <laughs> That's the Dan I know, Uncle Dan. Yeah, I Uncle love Dan. Dan. <laughs> <laughs> it's so fitting. Like who better to just, you know, Sit your kids down when they're 10 years old and learn the ways of the world than from Uncle Dan. Uncle Dan. <laughs> My boy. Um, but yeah, so uh, fast forward to, I guess, three years ago, right before COVID, or right, I guess like during COVID, uh, Jason shut down, run it up, um, and Andre was free, I guess, and just... I mean, I knew this from the days when he was with Run It Up. He was just like the number one asset anybody could have. Yeah. I was like, I don't know what I need you for, but like, I need you. Like, come on board. So I brought him in. Um, and then whenever we were throwing this together, I was like, you know, can you mix and like do all the inline edits? He's like, I can. And after a week, he was just like, I'm not doing this. <laughs> I got a friend that can do this. <laughs> He's like, I have to train somebody else to do this. Like, it's tedious. It's daily. It's exhausting. I don't have this kind of time. I was like, okay, yeah, like, whatever. He's like, do you know Guapo? I was like, yeah, because I, I knew him from, like, doing some stuff with Run It Up, too. I was like, yeah, Guapo's great. He's like, all right, I'm going to teach him how to do it. And he's just basically been learning on the fly. Wow. So I don't even know what episode he came in, but, like, ep one, it was literally just, like, kind of Andre over his shoulder, him, that button, this button, mm -hmm. that kind of stuff that a boy guapo and now here we are just over there figuring it out yeah i'm still learning i can't tell you how many episodes i thought i started and then embarrassingly <laughs> have to like raise my hands hey guys we actually didn't hit the start button yet <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna have to try this again that's the that's the least of the errors that's that an easy fix yeah so so easy to fix um and the love story between you and conrad must be my story epic. he's a derivative of chin so about Five years ago, I yellowed my life and was like, I'm going to go to Vegas. And like, I realized I had no From Norway? From Norway, right. yes. I realized I had no responsibilities after raising my little brother or whatnot. And I was like, okay, it's time for me to go. And then, you know, I yellowed my life out here. I hit up Chin that same day and he's like, I'm moving to Vegas today too. And then, you know, a week goes by and I'm about to go broke. And I'm like, okay, what do I want to do? I'm like, I, I think I don't want to go home. So I had came to 
was it the heads up challenge? Yeah. And eventually, like, uh, Chin was like, I told Chin I didn't want to go, like, go back to that side of the world. And right. eventually, Berkey kind of gave me a job and was like, just stay here, figure it out. That that is the very uh, Disney version. It is of of what actually happened. Uh, I I <laughs> if we backtrack everything, I moved out to Vegas with five guys. It was me, Brian Lamana, Brent Hanks, and then two guys that. No one else would uh, know outside of our group, but Greg Aversa and Brandon Garrity. Uh, they were college friends. So the five of us moved out here to pursue poker. Um, uh, Greg and Brandon very quickly like shifted off to getting like real work or whatever. Brian was next to follow, and then Brent uh, became a part of Poker Go, and I was the lone one still pursuing poker. But at this point, I had done really well. Uh, I had moved out away from that group. We had met Dan and his group of friends out here. So now I had moved in with Dan, my friend Andy Zuzalo, um, and uh, Dan's other friend Tyler Myers. So the four of us were living together, and uh, you know we moved from one house to the next and had an open room. At that point, we brought in, or we we accepted Jordan Young, who basically like came for a summer uh, for the World Series, asked if he could sleep in our bar, and then never left. And this is where it all began because that process ended up getting repeated over and over and over and over (laughs) again. So then Tyler moved out and we had another room open and uh, one of uh, Jordan's friends, Corey Padgett, was moving to Vegas and taking a shot. He had also just completed the academy and we were like, hey, let him move in. Corey still lives with me today. Love Corey to death. I like, love you, Corey. By, I miss you. By far, he's the one. <laughs> he's the one that I'm the happiest with. That got thrust into my life. Like he's just the absolute best. Um, from there, then I built my house, moved in, and we had open rooms. So Christian now moves in, uh, which he eventually left, and then Landon just shows up to Vegas uh, during quarantine. <laughs> To play the world, or like just just be in Vegas and meet the people that he's been like chat moder- uh, moderating for and whatnot. Comes over to the office, we grind a, a few online sessions. His Airbnb runs up, and he's like, "Can I crash?" And I was like, "Yeah, man, like you can stay here at the office for like as long as you need." Now, obviously, that could be a long time. Yeah, that's well, always a dangerous proposition. Yeah, I didn't realize that. I was, you know, it was an open-ended statement, but it was like, you know. A reasonable amount of time but a room had just opened up at the house months it was months months later so Landon to- stayed on the couch at the office for like three and a half months really yeah i didn't even realize that <laughs> like, these like, are your poker heroes everyone <laughs> i'm like i guess you're mine now <laughs> fully didn't you take andre in as well into that studio for oh, a little while wow. almost everybody's lived in the studio i lived in the studio when my house was getting built uh what up um, Andre lived in the studio, Landon lived in the studio, Melissa lived in the studio, Conrad lived in the studio, Christian probably lived in the studio at some point. Almost everybody lived in the studio at some point. Oh, I did live in the studio with, when we all lived there, though. Uh, can you adjust their camera? Yeah, sure. Um, How so did you, Melissa get into okay, the Okay, well... Like the lone <laughs> vagina so, in the group. So after I adopted Landon, uh, <laughs> accepted him, somehow Conrad's already found his way in. I don't even know how that happened, but... I was already fan He's, he's in. Uh, so now... Now we're we we were living in my new house that I built. Probably been there for like a year, and the the funny part about this was uh, during quarantine that big beef between me and Guru had begun, <laughs> and he was dating Melissa at the time, so it was a very off off 
chance happening. Like basically I was streaming every day uh, during quarantine and this hand happened between Guru and I where I had no idea who he was. Didn't... I actually don't know who he is right uh, now. I Rob, feel bad. Rob uh, Kuhn, yeah. Uh, ACR Pro. Okay. Um, but I didn't know who he was at the time. He was a reg, didn't mean anything to me, whatever. And he played a hand that I just thought was weird. And I, was, I, I said something, you know, you're streaming, you just say things. And I said something like, that was terrible, or he must be a wreck, or something like that. And I, like, maybe fish tagged him. I don't know. And he just took it to heart, and, like, it turned into this big social media battle where, like, he's shredding me on Twitter, and I'm, like, I'm, <laughs> I'm like, posting the video for people, or whatever. It turned into, like, this long thing. Uh, in the meantime, Melissa is just, like, as loyal as a loyal person can be and just starts absolutely obliterating me. <laughs> so, fast forward a year, her and Rob had broken up, and she was, like, looking for a place to live, and her and Landon had become good friends. So, uh, he's like, you know, while she's trying to transition into a new place, can she crash at the office? I'm like, yeah, sure. So, oh, sure, she seems like just the right fit for the team. Yeah. I mean, everybody just crashes at the office. It's fine. So, uh, we and there went, was no bad blood loss for you. You were like, ah, oh, well. The day I met her, she just walked up and she was just like, I'm really sorry about the Twitter. <laughs> like, it's fine. It's fine. I, I did care. journal about it like every night, but it's fine. <laughs> you made me question my own uh, mental capacities, but like, you know, whatever. Uh, so like after a couple months of living there and her snake just kind of roaming free throughout the kitchen, I was like, you know what? Let's get you a real place. Christian had moved out. We're like, take the bedroom here. And now, uh, now, now I'm living in the island of misfit toys. She moved in with her snake. Did you just oh, call yeah, me a misfit? A yeah. You're okay. a misfit. Wow. You, Berkey, uh, just PSA to everyone. If you're looking for a place to live in <laughs> Vegas, I know a guy. So. So if, God forbid, either one of you, you or Matt, ever end up uh, finding yourself homeless or single and homeless, I have a place for you at the office. Sure. You can crash there. Eventually, someone will move out of my house. True. Room is yours. I can't think of many things that would make my wife less happy, but I appreciate <laughs> that. I imagine. <laughs> I'm tolerant of snakes, even, if she uh, has, uh, has a proclivity for uh, exotic pets. It's not the snakes that are the issue. <laughs> no, I, I wouldn't imagine it is. I definitely wouldn't imagine it is. Uh, the only reason I built my house was for my dogs. Otherwise, I'd still be renting. But I found a piece of property that was a half acre. I was like, that is so much space for dogs. They can just run. And now everybody has the idea that like we should get chickens because eggs are so expensive. Yep. And I have to explain to them, number one, Your my dogs, dogs will, eat them. will eat them. But number two, uh, chickens only lay one egg a day. So, or, or like on average, whatever. So it's like we would need, between Landon and I, we would need like two dozen chickens. What the hell am I going to do with 24 chickens? It also cannot possibly be that simple. Oh, eggs are expensive. Let's buy some chickens right. instead and just make our own eggs. Like right. that, it, 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 I'm sure it doesn't work that way. Right. Like suddenly I'm warding off coyotes. <laughs> we have a it's lot of It's kind of simple though. It's really? not that complicated. Oh. You have to have a house for Listen, them. she lives on a 250 acre ranch in Texas. Ah, okay. <laughs> Hi, by the way, we haven't actually met yet. I'm Matt. Nice I to was, meet you. I was thinking that she was like, gosh, this is so awkward. Are you guys even going to introduce us? It's me. It was mid what were we gonna do? Yeah, that's true. Matt is also still in the main. I am, yes. Day three. He has more than fifteen bigs. Yeah. I do. I have thirty-one. So God, twice uh, as much. Hunt is in, in the main. In reality, do you think that if if we were forced to pool our <laughs> our money together, right? So like you are as invested in my results as I am in yours. Okay. Do you think one hundred percent of the time we would flip stacks? If if like there were strategy behind it. 
Wait, say that again in a different so, way. Okay, so uh, the end result is uh, we're both invested in each other's outcome. Yeah. Like we have, we have, let's say we we swap fifty percent. Yeah. Right, and we have the option to strategize. Oh, like would would it be better for us for me to have the fifteen bags and yeah. you to have the thirty one? Probably. Are you like a short stack? I'm, I'm scared I mean, at both of these I answers. I probably have honestly. more experience. Oh, I don't even think this is close, Matt. I am absolutely. I'm freaking out right now, oh, man. Okay. But there's Fair no enough. difference between you in 15 and 31. Like, it's kind of no, like no, the no. same. No, no, no. Huge, huge difference. Huge we know difference. you just shipped deuces with, like, 33. It was 2012. I didn't have heart back then, okay? Jason gave me a good stern talking to, and now I know it's threes are better. <laughs> I think the other factor is table draw, though. What's your table like? Oh, I have no yeah. idea. This, oh, okay. this is why I this need is... the 30 blinds. I didn't even look oh, at my table okay. yet. Well, see, I have the chip leader of the whole thing at my table. So oh, that's true. That's not on a your, great spot. On your left. Congrats. Uh, no, he's across the table. Thank Congratulations you. on bagging chip lead today. That, that would be great. <laughs> I'll take the congratulations even if it doesn't happen. Thank you, Kyle. Hunt, Hunt texts me and asks me, coming, baby. asks me reads on him, and uh, I gave him the short version of, like, all I know is that he plays high-stakes PLO, but the reality is he had the nuts every time his table, every time his hand was table. So I don't know how he plays. Yeah, like what he do plays you high say? Yeah, he exactly. likes to gamble. What do you say about the guy who has ace king twelve times and wins every single time he gets it all right. in? He's also a Bulgarian, and there's no read on that country. Like, there's no stereotype of Bulgarian. Oh, hold players. on. Actually, there might be. Are you, I, are you gonna tell I actually saw play? something on um, on Twitter today oh, or yesterday. The ACR tweet. Yeah. yeah, Tim Kramer put out. Uh, let's see. I don't know if Bulgaria was on that list. I gotta find out now that we're we're here. Okay, so Austria. Nope, but I can't help you. I have been Bulgaria to a couple tournaments in Bulgaria. I'm almost sure. Yep, wow. yep, I did, and I think they really like to gamble. I mean, we okay. we we could probably just like you know go to Kazakhstan and and assume that Bulgaria is not a huge. You have any idea how huge... far Bulgaria is from Kazakhstan? <laughs> well, how's your European geography? I mean, right. I assume they're both in Eastern Europe to some they're, degree. They're <laughs> like a thousand miles away from. All right, each what's other. what's closer yeah. to each other? Um, is it Belarus? Or Belarus. Belarus or I was like, Kazakhstan. what country is he saying? Which one's closer? Closer to Bulgaria? Yes. They're both fucking miles away. But how about Germany? Probably Kazakhstan, because Belarus is North Europe. Wait, Belarus what? is North Why are we making such a big deal about these miles? New York is like a thousand miles away from Pennsylvania. Okay, it's not it, that it different. Probably, it's probably more than a <laughs> thousand like, miles. Of work out. Yes, just, it is. I just threw a thousand miles out there because as a British person, that's a distance that seems like a long way. Oh. Yeah, in America, that's not <laughs> that far. Like it's like across my state. It might be actual like 3,000 miles. Yeah, that's, I don't like, know. that's like Dallas to Austin yeah, here. Yeah. But the, the bottom line is Belarus and Kazakhstan are miles away from each other. Bulgaria is also miles away from both of them. Kazakhstan is like way far east. Belarus is north. And then Bulgaria is like south central kind of area. I'm going to Google Belarus. Belarus, <laughs> yes. Belarus. Okay, we're just going to call it Belarus from now on. Oh, you don't know how Conrad works with words? Where is Belarus? Uh, this this is exactly what he does. He he wanted to... So, Lameda's nickname is the tortoise. Yes. And he somehow, along his path, uh, discovered the word tortuga. And instead Spanish of Spanish word for tortoise. Yeah, so instead of pronouncing it tortuga, because he doesn't actually know the word, he started saying tortua. Tortua. Okay. And this has been going on now for a month. All right. Just a silent G for no reason. Okay. Right. All right, guys. And, and he's made it a bit nonetheless. Okay. <laughs> so it is to the left of Russia, and is up up from Ukraine. Oh, okay. Yep. We, and we'll call that north and west, but. No, 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 no. Relax, relax. Northern and it's Europe. to the right of Poland. Can we figure out what Matt Berkey's seat draw is? Oh, that'd be great. Oh, where are you sitting, Berkey? The good news is we have an app for that. Yep. We do. 
They have a very, very I, handy I will say app the, the PokerStars Live app is incredible. It's fantastic. I don't know what the system is behind it and like how expensive it is to implement everywhere. But if if WPT and WSOP don't follow suit, mm -hmm. they're absolutely missing. Yeah, I gotta say this is, this is the first the first like major PokerStars event that I've played. I've played minor ones like ten years ago, but this is the first major one I've played. I'm so impressed by the general organization, like how smooth it is, how how good the player experience is. Really, really positive. I've got nothing but good things to say about the way this event's run. I wonder if this is something that like Bravo could just handle like wide sweepingly i mean if they did it would be a genius idea like everyone would love them for it so. yeah it's so crazy so like i wonder is it, is it like wpt and wsop or is it poker atlas or um bravo that does this well like, that, uh, that's what i'm saying like bravo could could maybe handle this like on a sweeping scale yeah uh yeah you're probably right right because for them to develop well, I, they could develop an in-house app. Let's be clear. Like WPT, WSOP no, of are course they could, but very big companies. Yeah, but of course, if, if Poker Atlas or Bravo... But it'd be Bravo, easier for them to incentivize like Atlas or Bravo to do it. Yeah, yeah mm -hmm. just like, you know, give them a little bit of money to do it. A little I, bit of... Throw them a little, little bit of change. And then, you know put, what? I would put money on WPT doing it before WSOP does, because WPT seem like they care more about the player experience. They're also not locked into Bravo, which I think WSOP right, is. Right, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Um, so it would give Atlas a chance to, to kind of get out there and, and do, do their thing. Um, All right. Well, looks like I'm, you're at table four, maybe. Yep, you are at table four. Ooh, table four. And I know absolutely nobody at your table except for Benjamin Diebold. Usually, oh, I know Ben. And Griffin Banger. I know Griffin also. Uh, usually, not knowing anybody is a good thing. I feel like in a European heavy event, though, it's not a good probably thing. not such the great <laughs> thing. If they're, if they're European, they're probably good. Yeah, everybody has different color flags. Yeah. You know Roberto <laughs> Romanello, right? Oh yeah. I don't. I don't. Oh, really? Yeah, he's he, good. He sounds, <laughs> he sounds Italian, but he's actually from he's Wales. Won a, he's won an EPT. And, mm. uh, he has heart. I think he's won a WPT. Yeah. And he's been around a long time. Yeah, he's won a lot of things. He also has twins. Mm. It's own thing. But yeah, he's pretty good. <laughs> he's pretty good. Uh, dude, Griffin, this is the craziest thing. When you're in this game for a certain amount of time, there are a lot of people that I have known for ages that when you go like three years without seeing them, we've all gotten so old. Like, I don't even know you anymore. Like, people are like, Sarah, I'm like, is that you in there? Like, but Griffin's not one of them. Like, I'm not saying that. You just brought that up as a complete non sequitur. Yeah. Like, he's, he's definitely not in that category. Like, it's just reassuring. But but I just want to say, like, yeah, we're getting old. Yeah, but like Chip, it looks like Chip-wise, it's... Not the worst table for I you. I have 15 big blinds. How could it ever be bad? There's, a, there's one person with less chips than you. Okay. <laughs> I mean, honestly, it'd be better if everybody just had piles. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's why Matt Hunt's going to bag the chip lead today. I hope so. Let's get it. I, okay, I, I want to see your table. What table are you at? hope so. Uh, table 10, I think. I have a few short stacks and then the chip leader, so he's just going to open every hand or at least good. RIP to the chip leader. We're not... <laughs> So, like, the thing is, we're not that close we're, to the yeah, bubble. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm exaggerating. Cool. We're 80 spots away, so, like, there's going to be a while before it starts to become a real It was factor. getting frustrating. People, uh, like, we're not that close to the bubble, and uh, as the clock was ticking down yesterday, which I imagine they did this to try to prevent stalling, but it, I think it had the exact opposite effect. Uh, as the clock was, like, getting under 15 minutes, there was, like, two or three euros at my table that just, like, started stalling every single hand to get to the hand-for-hand for, hand for the end of the day. Yeah. And they didn't do it until seven minutes 
right. on the clock instead of like a, a usual 10. I think they should just do it at like 20 or something. Just do it at more. Just draw draw a number between like 10 and 12 or something. Yeah, right? yeah, just draw like, draw higher numbers. So is there anything outside of money that is preventing shot clocks throughout the whole tournament? Um, Probably to some degree logistics. I think they were any... doing it on the EPT for a while. Almost all of the tournaments, I want to say, were having 30-second shot means, clocks. Right? They had the little iPads, and I thought, oh, this is going to just last forever. I thought it was one of those things, like the big blind I think logistics. Like, this is the new thing. And I think logistics with large fields is a bit problematic. Uh, I could be wrong, but I know that the WSOP ran into this issue this past summer where they got way more people than expected for a 25K, and they had to... Uh, get rid of the, the shot clocks. I think they got like 450 people or something like that. Wow. And they didn't have 50 shot clocks. I would love to see like this. Or 50 going, iPads, I guess. I would love to see this going like every tournament shot clock. Yeah, I think like, that there are... It needs to happen. It's a great a question couple, for Chris tomorrow too. Yeah, I think there are a couple like small technical things that they need to get over. Like figuring out a way to keep the charge uh, on the, the iPad the yeah, entire time. Okay. Like they run into this issue on Live at the Bike and Hustler all the time where after X amount of hours, the iPad dies. Mm -hmm. So now they have to have a backup and that's only one table. Yeah. Yeah. If you extrapolate that out now to 150 tables, like that's just very tedious and expensive. Oh my yeah. God. What, what do you think about some kind of like chess clock sort of thing where each player has a clock that goes for them the whole tournament, like have an app that runs it or something? Yeah, I, I mean, I think that that's the ideal, right? Is that when you register for the tournament, you just have X amount of minutes of time. Mm -hmm. Like online. Yeah, um, I think the, the challenge for that is obviously the logistical mm -hmm. implementation of it. There's nothing that can automate. Uh, although I think Manit's uh, new RFID tech, I think he's... he's um, working something in like that where the dealer just has a foot pedal mm -hmm. and starts the clock yeah starts and stops the clock right Ooh, there's nice. still human error there though and yeah. i don't know how they would fix it well i i was thinking like almost i mean it, it would take a long time to get to this point but you could almost have it like built into the table where the player when it's when it's the end of your turn you literally like press a button when you're mm -hmm. done acting yeah and the clock automatically moves to the next player yeah, yeah. But, like in a in a way where the the table itself and the action clock and everything are completely integrated. And obviously that's super expensive, but like hopefully yeah. we'll I, I will say one thing that uh, is easy for us to forget is that there is a defaulted amount of time uh, to every decision no matter what. So it's not like as if you get a free decision for zero seconds. Um, so think about all the times that you're folding mm -hmm. that you're still like spending three to five seconds on. Uh, that might That might result in needing like maybe 20 minutes worth of added up time. of added up time and if people are like pretty sharp they'll find ways to just like utilize like five at a time when yeah, it benefits them the most that's probably true like you might get to situations where people just don't stall at all in most instances but then in some instances they stall for their entire 15 minutes yeah. or something yeah, like just that like yeah, yeah. Out the time. Uh, year one right. year one of the super high roller bowl they uh, they didn't do uh, a fixed number of hands at the end of the night they just let the clock expire mm -hmm. and a few people that were pretty sharp still had all their time banks uh so with like eight minutes left on the clock they just threw them all <laughs> and we played one more hand Wild. because the edge of not playing the paying the big blind in the end i don't understand why is this such a big thing how what are you really saving yourself uh i think part of that I, I think part of the reason why that happened in that particular situation was uh just a, a fuck you i can gamify this so i'm going to kind of thing like oh look you overlook something so fuck you we're only gonna play one more hand kind of thing but the other thing was we we had like not the best table draw or like that person didn't have a very good seat draw and they were like under the gun one so there's like zero incentive to pay blinds 
play at a tougher table whenever they could just bag. Um, okay. And, and honestly, it, it can literally be as simple as like paying one extra blind. Like there's just EV attached to that. It might be a couple dollars, but it adds up. I would love to see like I don't know tournament directors or like the next. What is what is the meeting that they do every year? The TD summits every yes. other year. So I would love to see them like talk about shot clocks in, in depth and try to figure something out that works well for all venues. Because yeah, it's I, I haven't had much experience with the tanking and whatnot, but I had my first experience with it, and I never want to have another experience with it because I might just lose my mind. <laughs> Honestly, is this recent. This feels really sensitive. Th this was like uh, seventy-two hours ago. <laughs> it's just one of those moments. It's like you have eight people at the table. Everybody is just taking a very long time for each decision, and we played like I don't know. Maybe thirteen hands in an hour, like an hour, and I was just like, "Do Come you guys on. find, especially okay, in a tournament like this, right at twenty-five k, that it's the more unseasoned players, or it's almost always no. exclusively? No, 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 no. It's exclusively, it's exclusively people looking for these micro edges. Yeah, people are doing it for money. L listen, like there's been a fair amount of modeling work done, and uh, dependent upon the structure, uh, like uh, obviously the worse the structure, the more this holds true. Tanking will outperform every single human's edge uh at, at a certain at a certain like juncture of the structure being like fast right so the the ability to allow everyone around you to play a bunch of hands and suffer all that variance while you just sit still on your chip stack is worth more than whatever skill edge you could derive yeah it's crazy it's so actually gross. crazy how much like if you just max late regged and then tanked as much as you could at every possible opportunity You'd make a lot. You'd make, you'd make more money than some winning players. Yeah. Somebody turn off Hans mic. Just get, a, <laughs> get another job then. Like, don't get a job. <laughs> well, that, that's the problem. Like that. That's I struggle a ton with this. <laughs> with like the conflicting interest of I'm here to make money, but not so much so at the expense of my own sanity. Yes. Mm -hmm. And it's very difficult because like yesterday I was at a good table and I was short and just me being short alone should be leaning into the tanking we're only 80 away from the money like we're probably going to cash within the next two hours or two levels whatever so like i should be leaning heavy into playing very few hands and looking for a, a good spot to be all in but i was at the exact opposite end of the spectrum i was like look like <laughs> i'm at a very good table right now if i can run this up at this table and give myself some cushion going into tomorrow where maybe i draw pretty poorly uh, I'll feel a hell of a lot better than just knowing that I bagged and have the opportunity to cash because I abided by the 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 incentive of my stack. Mm -hmm. Do you yeah. think it's subtly tilting enough to make people also play differently against I mean, these people that are so Conrad, obnoxious? I, I would, Conrad has a list of people he wants to kill. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm going to kill them one day, but like, you know. Jesus, I, man. <laughs> This like, is Dateline, like, this, 20, This is, like, my Billy, my Billy Madison list. I'm just going to be crossing names out, you know, one, one by one. But, you know, it's, you know, it doesn't tilt me, like, at the, it tilts me in the moment that I'm going to yell at everybody and, like, say, hey, guys, come on. Let's be real. Let's, yeah. let's act. But it's not going to change the play. I will, I will say, though, that there's also a very specific subcategory of recreational players that you can tell is doing it because they've seen other people do it. Yeah. And that frustrates me as well because... It, it frustrates me that pros are setting that example, that they're saying, that they're conveying the message to Rex that this is how you need to behave. Yeah, the best, the best example is so the one chip game. behind. Like, oh, I've seen people do that in the dumbest <laughs> spot. 
I've seen people do that in spots where it literally doesn't matter. It like, makes no I, sense. I saw a guy yesterday, like it, you know, like day two, like he's jamming over an. Uh, no, he was he was check raising all in over a flop bet. It's heads up, and instead of just check jamming, he like moves most of his chips in there and leaves a certain amount behind. And I was like, there's literally no advantage to that yeah. because we know you're not folding. Mm -hmm. So there's, there's actually literally no strategic difference between putting like most of your chips in and leaving a few chips behind and forcing your opponent to ask how much do you have behind and then figure out like, oh, he's just doing this weird thing. There's no difference at all. And this guy did it. And I was like, do you like at that point, you don't understand why you're doing that. You're literally just doing it because you've seen other people do it. Because yeah. if you thought through it, there's just no reason. There's I absolutely mean, no reason. The thing is, though, like... It is a little bit complex to uh, to the to the uneducated, I guess, as to like why this happens or when the spot. Oh yeah, occur. but this guy was a Portuguese pro. Like oh, I looked him up. That's even funnier. Portuguese pro. Like, <laughs> like, if it was a wreck, then I'd be a bit like accommodating. Of yeah, it. yeah, But like yeah. this guy was a pro, and yeah. I was like, you're doing it in a spot where there's literally no advantage to doing it. I yeah. wonder if the reason why he does it is just so, like he always does it. So like it's not like something nah, that, that like that doesn't make any sense. But it, it, it's probably like what Hunt's saying, where it's like just a lot of mimetic behavior, mm -hmm. where it's like you just see it happening all the time and like it registers in your head like oh i'm supposed to do this thing right like betting 10 percent is a is another good example mm -hmm. it's very niche when you're actually supposed to do it and i just see it like now taking the place of like mm -hmm. b25 in a lot of right. spots yeah people are just sizing down and down and down as much as they possibly can yeah we're gonna get to min betting eventually <laughs> free bet pots and stuff carrie cats loves it he invented it the, yeah the one bet the one chip bet on the river he loves it <laughs> what's in there a hundred thousand one thousand. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> now what? It's a one percent pot. Love it. Maybe I'm folding. Maybe I'm not. You figure it out. <laughs> Play this little dance. <laughs> I like that spicy. But yeah, there are there are rec players that I've I played with, but in particular one guy on on day one who was like doing it a lot, even just before folding pre, like to the point where it's like you definitely don't have a decision every time that you're doing this and it was a rec player because i looked him up and he didn't have a lot on hendon mob and things like that and he was like playing like a rec player and then the same player went on to subsequently like he was i don't know if any of you guys saw my tweet i got it in like i bet three bet the flop with a pair and not flush draw on a certain flop and he like calls it off and goes well nice playing with you guys and calls and has a set of, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was queen six five two hearts he had yeah. a set of sixes yeah and he was like nice playing with you guys reluctantly puts his stack in and i'm like come on dude like seriously and this was the guy that was taking ages over every hand so yeah, this yeah, was yeah. like a really frustrating rec player to play with so did you get were, there though no damn it i mean i would be <laughs> less frustrated if i did get there, but like, right obviously, of course he but you're looking up everybody everybody you're playing with like you're bored you're looking pretty much yeah do you like, guys do this also no yeah. I, was like, oh, I used to. When it, wait, let's hunt. Just look at their face. Hunt is the consummate professional. He's <laughs> excellent at what he does, and he has leaned heavily into uh, accepting that tournament life is the life he wants to live. <laughs> and there was a juncture in my career where I was on the fence. It was like you know early twenty. 10-ish like 2013 when i had a really successful wsop i was just like hey, you know what maybe this is kind of for me i was looking everybody up i was doing all same thing with like uh 2009 to 10 i was grinding really hard online playing mtts i was like maybe there's something to this and then i got to play noseweed cash and mm. at that very moment i just knew it was over <laughs> Well, may maybe when I eventually get to play Nosebleed Cash, that'll happen to me too. That, that, you know what? It knows? very well might. Who knows? We shall see. Wait, I'll, I'll tell you exactly. I'll tell you exactly uh, how you can determine if it will or won't before you even sit down. Mm -hmm. If you sit into a game where you recognize that you uh, are winning a lot, 
but it's more money than you're comfortable playing with. Mm -hmm. And your immediate instinct when you're under the gun is to straddle, then high stakes cash is for you. Okay, I, I couldn't tell you whether oh. that's this is the, the litmus. Nailed right. it. Yeah, we'll have to right. have to give that a try sometime. Well, well, <laughs> <laughs> well let me re, let me reframe well, what I'm saying. Please rephrase that because I, I yeah, don't like let, this. Let me reframe what I'm trying to say. <laughs> if if you're playing with more money than you're comfortable to play with, and your immediate instinct is to make a negative EV play, oh, <laughs> high stakes okay. cash is for you. Well, I'm I'm a married man, so I think making negative EV plays at high stakes is something I'm going to stay away from for quite a right. while. <laughs> right. So we're going to keep you in these birds and have you chasing four exactly. million the hard way. Exactly. <laughs> do you do you find it super helpful? I mean, there's so much information now right available about basically everyone. I, I would say it helps my confidence more than anything else like it just it helps me to to feel like I have a good handle on what type of environment I'm in and how how out of line I can maybe afford to get like what sort of expectation I have about what the how the environment is approximately going to play so it's more a question of like seeing am I at a table with six wrecks and two pros as opposed to the other way around yeah. more so than trying to like figure out how individual people play because most pros play roughly the same and most wrecks play roughly the same so it's just a question of figuring out who's who really that's I why i usually don't send because or uh, look because i you know you look at somebody it's pretty yeah, yeah. it's it's usually relatively obvious but it's like so racist, I, I, <laughs> racist? <laughs> so i used to look up everything i used to mm -hmm. look up everybody at my table or whatever and then like I don't know, in the last six months or so, I just got into like, I kind of want to figure out who everybody is. Mm -hmm. Like when I sit down, like I'll eventually look them up or something. But like when I sit down, I kind of just want to see like, okay, who is this guy? Yeah, I, th like I think it started because I had a time period where I kept running into people where I would think like, oh, this guy's, this guy's a wreck. Mm -hmm. And then it, I would look them up and it, this guy had like three million on him. <laughs> yeah. Or yeah. vice versa. Like I'd think someone was a pro because they seem like they play well. And, and this guy is like 35 and, and has like you know, 20K on Hendon Mob. Yeah. So because I stopped, I, I got to a point where I stopped trusting my instincts about first impressions of people. It might've it might been when I moved to the States and the like getting to know people is a bit different, but um, I stopped trusting that first impression, so and I just started looking people up when I get the chance. Yeah, I, I think that's really fair because, like, playing in a Euro-heavy field like this, uh, it's it's very difficult to discern. Mm -hmm. uh, there were a lot of people that I gave credit for playing the PCA main on day one, where I was just like, okay, this is like a Euro, a Euro grinder, rig, or yeah. whatever, and then the second that you like start talking to them you realize that they want a platinum pass and yeah. like, this is the biggest yeah. event they've ever played right like there's there are plenty there are people here who who are platinum pass winners who are like micro grinders or something yeah. and and they might be european and they might be 27 years old but that doesn't mean that they play high stakes you know they yeah. might have it's, the outfit on too. yeah like exactly. there's a lot of those outfits going right. around yeah. <laughs> also you have a really like a name you know that's like maybe people look you up and they look up the wrong guy on accident yeah sometimes. i have a very very generic name so yeah. it's kind of handy you're like Denise tree if like we're gonna find you yeah. we're gonna find your your records are we though <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna misspell okay, your no. name 10 times and then we're gonna find you eventually we were, we're, we're gonna, gonna go to bella what are we calling him what? belarus yeah, yeah, what no 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 it's belarus, belarus. <laughs> when you guys want to know the english um language just you know text me i'll let you know just say that's I'll the norwegian you, pronunciation i'll send you voice memos <laughs> it's a very special <laughs> oh, you didn't even say it today, Matt. I was like dying when we were starting. I, I was like, let's get it popping. I just side eyed. Yes. <laughs> it's like, it's special. They can't all be special. special. They are all special. You want to know why? Because they're special when I'm here. Okay, that's all right. All right, fine. So every time I'm here, it's a special episode. <laughs>
I feel that. Uh, we were talking about this yesterday. Uh, I was saying like how awful I felt and how unprofessional it was to not know uh, John's name for the runner. <laughs> and we kind of talked about it. And then I, I, I felt less guilty because I was like, wait a second. We literally all looked for it for hours. He was nowhere to be found on the internet. Mm-hmm. Like even uh, like out searching or sorry, uh, outside of searching like slow poker and just arriving at his YouTube channel. There's nothing about this man on the internet. Yeah. He's only referred to as the runner elsewhere. Yep. <laughs> it's just like. I spoke, I spoke to him about it afterwards for a little yeah. while. And it, I think it's a choice he made, a mm. conscious choice he made. And I'm like, how you've managed to do that in the days of the internet? I have no, there are footprints from all of us everywhere. You yeah. can never hide your identity, I don't think. But get out there, guys. It is very difficult we, to We missed him yourself. as the runner, but like, let's find out. Who is he? <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> it's very difficult to scrub yourself from the internet these days in that way. I don't yeah. think so there is hard. any scrubbing yourself at- no, I mean, like, or at least, like, make yourself hard to find. Yeah. Like, it's very difficult to do that. And the shit that lives, I don't know if you've ever Googled yourself, but the stuff that manages to live in, like, the Google images and stuff, I'm like, this picture? What <laughs> the... F- where did they get my, this My hand in my picture is from, like, 2011, where it's not even a professional picture. It's a picture my friend took yes. that somehow Blurry. managed to make it onto Google Images, and somebody at Hendon Mob thought it would be hilarious to put it as my profile picture. But I'm telling, like, he's about to snap a picture of me in the World Series, and I'm, like, telling him no or something like that, and I'm going... Yes. I, I thought you were going to say it was the one of you plastered in full tilt patches from the main uh, event. No, I, that would be way better, to yeah. be honest. But, yeah, they were so... Obno- I mean, they paid a handsome amount. I got, like, 50k for... Uh, playing two feature tables. That is just insane. But uh, they were like, you have to have uh, two visible patches on your front. And I was wearing a backwards hat. And I was like, where the fuck am I going to put these? Uh, or sorry, sorry. If you wore a hat, you had to have a visible patch on your hat. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, so I have this giant full tilt patch. I don't know if you guys remember, but they were like like a, a half triangle remember check exact- mark yeah, type. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I have that on my chest. And then they give me another one. They're like, you have to put it on your hat somewhere. And I'm like, okay. And I have this Steelers hat on backwards like this. I just stick it to the middle of my forehead. You know, I, the corners are like out. That's just reminding me. I don't think I've ever seen you wear a hat forwards. I, I, don't, I don't think I've seen only you Only when it. I played baseball because I was forced to. Even during practice, I would wear my hat backwards. What like, is with that? Uh, I grew up like Ken Griffey Jr. was just kind of like the guy, and he I was just about know who that is. Okay, fair baseball guy. I yeah, assume. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he was like you know at the time he he just like had all the swag. He was kind of like the Jordan of baseball. Even though Bonds was my favorite player, like Griffey was like I the yeah. the icon, mm-hmm. and yeah, he uh he like popularized the swingman, which was him where it's a shadow like uh the Jordan. Uh, Nike thing is like a shadow of him dunking. Yeah. Uh, the Griffey one is like one of him finishing a swing with his hat backwards. And it was I just see. like, you know, oh, yeah. iconic. Okay. So it's a baseball um, thing. But also, I have a very small head. So hats forward look weird on me. Like, it kind of like, it, it's, it's like a dad hat look almost where it like <laughs> flattens backwards, you know? Like, if you ever watch, if you ever see Brian in a hat forward, you'll know exactly what I'm talking <laughs> about. I don't think I've ever seen Brian in a hat at all. Of actually. course, because he has a tiny head and it looks ridiculous. <laughs> Everybody catches strays. You leave early, you catch strays. You get laryngitis, you catch strays. There's no safe zone around here. That's right. The only safe zone is being in the seat where maybe someone will stick up for you if you get picked up. Or you can stick up for yourself. Yeah, that's fair. You can at least respond. Yeah. That's fair. I thought you were supposed to have a much more important guest than me on today. 
Uh, it looks as though that's not happening. Matthew, <laughs> Matthew Hunt, nobody is more important than you. Thank you, Conrad. No that's problem, very buddy. Nice of you. I'm here for you. I agree. But <laughs> really, Alex Botez is much more important than I me. I blame Landon. We obviously blame Landon. He's not Landon here. arranged this. I double-checked last night before I went to bed. We've got a time. She knows she's coming. It well, was double-checked. It's definitely Landon's fault. It's always Landon's Landon, fault. Landon, I blame you. It, it can't but be if we do fault. meet Alex and it was her fault, no, no, it's, it's, it's still it's still Landon's fault. We just said whoever whoever's not here gets blamed. So yeah, you know. yeah. it's Alex's and but mostly Landon's. But fault. but definitely Landon's. It's for sure Landon's. <laughs> We're sorry about that, guys. Rule number one: never the guest's fault. Yes. Yeah. Rule number two: always blame always Landon. Landon's fault. <laughs> <laughs> he gets so mad. He hates this so much. Like, uh, it's it's funny. It's funny because like it's just the way of the world, and he's not wrong. But it's still always going to continue to be the way of the world. So, like, we go on these trips or whatever, and <laughs> we try to be pretty fair about how rooms get split up, but sometimes somebody has to get the shit out of the stick, and it tends to be Landon. And he's like, I'm sick of this. Like, this is so stupid. You're just doing it because of age. And it's like, yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like that, that. Also, you have an ear infection. We'll come check on you in the night and make <laughs> sure you're okay. Like, yeah, you're 23. I'm 40. I'm not sleeping on the top bunk. No. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this is, this is there you. There are rules. It's even like that with Berkey. the siblings and stuff. Like the older sibling yeah. always gets the better room. Like this is just the way you know? it works. Hold on, I have a question. Yeah, Berkey, where'd you sleep last night? On a top bunk. Okay. <laughs> that that's different. That was a choice. What? That house is gorgeous, Berkey. It is. How it's did you nice. end up in the bunk well, bed? Well, I had the master room. I had the master room, but a friend came from out of town, and I didn't want to force her to sleep on the top bunk, so I just gave her the master, and I I did the gentlemanly thing. Wow. Right. I'm never Chivalry doing that. Chivalry is not dead. I was going to say, being a woman really works in a lot of you spots. No <laughs> idea. It's so great. But like the alternative is that she's sharing bunk beds with Conrad and a bathroom with five guys. Yeah. That's not going to fly. We would never even get here. Yeah. I mean, imagine like five guys vying for a bathroom that a woman's using. But you also have 15 big blinds at the PSPC and you've got to get your I'm beauty rest. You've you got to get your six hours. No, I'm that's, right. I'm, that's right. No, I don't need it. I have, I have Tunga Ali yeah, or whatever you need the hell your this six stuff hours. is. <laughs> is that Muhammad's cousin? No, he's a football player. <laughs> he was a defensive end. <laughs> don't know what that is. Tunga Ali. Uh, what, what, what would be the, let's see what would the soccer <laughs> what would the soccer equivalent of a defensive left end back. be okay yeah, yeah fair enough I, yeah I get that Conrad yeah. Conrad knows Conrad <laughs> knows soccer. I feel like Europeans and Americans should speak about uh, each of our versions of football in rugby terms because I feel like that's probably the closest middle ground well yeah except when you come to a European country that doesn't play rugby like Germany mm. or Spain or yeah. there's, only, there's really only a few European countries that actually play rugby a lot. Wow, I didn't even realize that these places don't play rugby. I thought it was so all. huge over there. It, Everywhere. The, the countries that play rugby is England, England, Ireland, Scotland, Wales, France, Italy, Argentina, and then a lot of the Southern Hemisphere countries like, like New Australia, Zealand. Australia, New Zealand, yeah, and South Africa. Because they do those dances and shit. Is it right. originated <laughs> in Australia? <laughs> What's that? <laughs> is it originated in Australia? No, England. Oh, okay. Yeah. So... Uh, Australian adjacent. Well, yeah. Like all the sports that England creates, Australia then generally becomes better at. Well, they are a derivative of you guys. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Right. But yeah, rugby is not going to be... Like, if you speak to like a German guy, he's not going to know anything about rugby. What sports do they play in Germany? Baseball and... Football. Football. Soccer. Football, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. They don't, they don't, they play, don't baseball. play baseball. Speaking of... No, they, <laughs> they play baseball. They absolutely do not play baseball no in Germany. Way. Not to like a significant degree. I mean, my friend, uh, my friend coached in a professional league over there. Okay, but like it's going to be like incredibly low-key. 
Yeah, maybe. I don't know. It's like, gonna be you would still lucky. be the number one I'm, star. Yeah, I'm, not saying, I'm not saying it's it, a it, national it, sport. It probably, it probably has the same status. Yes. <laughs> it probably has the same status as rugby over here. Okay. So, like, okay, it, that's like, fair. Some participation, but like not a not a major sport. Yeah. I yeah. know some people too who played professional basketball in Europe, but they were they were basketball like not is, good enough to play professional basketball in the U.S. But they were like is pretty big in professional yeah. and like basketball, Italian teams. And stuff. basketball is big in Spain, Italy, Turkey, uh, Greece, a few other like Southern Europe kind of countries. Yeah, but it's yeah, like being a professional in Europe is like being like a double A in America. Triple A, triple A, triple A. Well, it depends. Okay. I think it depends on the sport, but yeah. But basketball, basketball for sure, because this guy was like, I mean. He was not going to make the pros. In the yeah. Guys. Like, not even close. Yeah, but yeah. you can make good money uh, playing overseas. Like, there's a lot of opportunities to play, like, baseball, softball, um, a, a lot of sports that are very difficult to break into here, where you can make, like, pretty good money, specifically in Asia. Like, uh, in Japan, baseball is massive. Mm -hmm. And uh, a lot of American players will go over there. Netherlands also. Um, but uh, e even all across Europe, like, if you had the option basically to play like independent baseball here, which technically you get paid, but it's like $30 a day uh, versus playing like a high league over in Italy. Uh, you'll probably make like four or five X in Italy, but you know, you have the skill set of like a division two college player. Yes. Yeah. My cousin played um, overseas. I think he got paid like 50 to $60,000 a year. a year. Yeah. yeah like I it was wasn't like... much. He played in Denmark for like yeah, a couple but like years. He's, and... he's making 50 or 60K playing a sport living in Denmark. Like there's, no, of course, there's of a course. lot of high side no, to that. No, of course. It was great for him. And that's why he went. But like, you know. Yeah. It's, yeah. The, it's the inverse version of uh, European soccer players coming to the States. Right. Yeah. 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 Like, that makes sense. Same why, sort of thing. Yeah. I imagine that's going to change though. How so? Uh, just because there's so much money here. Like, I, I don't know what the popularity growth of soccer will be in general. But like when you see cities like LA start to invest a ton of money into, uh, you know, higher, even if it's at the tail end of their career. I, yeah. think, I think the problem is the middle doesn't care about it. Yeah. I think a lot of people just don't give a fuck about well, the soccer. The states don't care about yeah. soccer. Yeah, yeah. and the, like, the other problem is the like the money in not not only European soccer but in Asia as well is insane. Yeah, I don't oh, know if you know anything about specifically the Middle East too. Well, yeah, but like China as well. Yeah, um, the money that gets thrown at soccer over there is like it dwarfs even what European teams can pay. So there are some players who basically deliberately sacrifice their their career in Europe and go play in like a league full of really low standard players, but they get paid like triple what they would at a European yeah. team. There've yeah. been specific players that have basically like killed their, their career in exchange for like just getting paid like a somebody just got Somebody just got offered like a 200. Ronaldo, Cristiano Ronaldo. Ronaldo. Yeah, yeah. He's 37, so he's right at the end of his career, but yeah. like they, they're paying him $300 million over two years to play in Saudi Arabia. Yeah. And this is, that's what he's doing. Like the Saudi Arabian league is nothing. Like it's, it's just like, it's ridiculous to, to think that a player would consider it to be like an elite level league or whatever. But yeah. he's getting paid so much money right. because these oil barons just want him there. Like he's their plaything, you know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. Like literally, it's so gross because like, I, I don't think soccer will ever grow in the United States. Like it doesn't, it, like doesn't matter who comes over for the retirement week or whatever they do. Like yeah. it's just never gonna grow. It's too big other places that it can get bigger here. Like we're not going to, like the MLS will never grow to be yeah. good. What, what I've seen is that there's a certain subsection of American sports fans that actively resist enjoying soccer yes. because they don't like the idea of 
a European sport getting popular in America. I don't know if it's because so, of the European people, sport getting popular, but a lot of people have like this. Um, they they think soccer's boring. Yeah, like they think just, it's boring and it's soft and right. like. Stuff well, defensive like that. games yeah. just don't have a track record of being super popular here. Hockey's still right. very like, much the same. Games What's, where there's only a limited amount of scoring. Yeah, like, yeah. that's that's what people say about it. So yeah, like, yeah. I, that's I think why it's going to struggle because it's just it's. Fundamentally, it's different to what a lot of the popular sports here are. Right. You know, but also, sense. Matt, you keep saying that you're trying not to get canceled, and you definitely said flyover states. Uh, I'm sorry. Wow. Wait. Are they not? Is that what we're <laughs> saying now? Yeah, that's the Midwest. Oh, I don't say it. That's I where Pennsylvania love is. The Midwest. No, it's not. Pennsylvania's in the Midwest. The Midwest. Yeah, it, I don't. I didn't say I don't love the Midwest. I mean, I have no opinion of the Midwest, but like you know, they're flyover states. Doesn't that suggest that you would not want to? fly into those states you would always want to fly over well them? it suggests kind of it suggests <laughs> that the majority of the traffic goes from new york to la which is true i i don't like I, you know i am definitely not pc but i think some people could find that pretty offensive okay well i'm sorry to all the rednecks out there that are gonna get a little fired up <laughs> i'm not popping down in middle of nowhere iowa listen yeah, i'll see you guys it. i did a movie newton iowa i'll be there i love it <laughs> You're really in for Melissa perfectly. Listen. You're just attacking her. <laughs> yep. Listen, I'm just, I'm saying, I agree. I don't think soccer is going to take over. We got plenty of sports. We got lots of sports. Yeah, lacrosse is on the rise. All right. Yeah. Wow. It's like soccer with sticks and more scoring. Yeah. It's like field hockey, but not on the ground. And nobody's yeah. ever going to like lacrosse here. I'm no, not it's into, very popular on the East Coast. Um, that's true. And I'm not really into any sports at all. And I've gone to several soccer games in mm. the European really exciting soccer games yeah. in Europe to really try it. I, you know, I'm going to put on the t-shirt. I was ready. And what I was shocked about was, first of all, nobody won. <laughs> At the end of the game, nobody won the it's game. Funny, I was like, like, the, the whole game, I'm like, we're not going to go into like overtime or something. <laughs> Nobody's going to win. And then every five minutes, someone was like, it was all the time. And I don't watch that many sports, so I can't compare, but I have to say I was I was disappointed. All right, so no more ties and no more falling down. The biggest, <laughs> the biggest problem with the falling down is that the rule set currently, they're, they're looking into changing it, which is a good thing, but the rules of the game incentivize that, particularly if you're winning, because they don't stop the clock. Mm -hmm. They just they add on time at the end for you know, time that's been wasted or time that's been lost, but the time that they add on, they've proven that it's never as much time as is actually lost. So the, the amount of time in a 90-minute game that the ball is actually in play can be anywhere from like 55 minutes to about 70 minutes. They have the same problem as poker, dude. We have a stalling problem. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, so true. they're actually it's right now. It's a human problem. They're actually right now. No wonder the Euros are so problem. good at it. <laughs> yeah, they're they're, right, they're discussing problem. like changing the rules to have the clock stopped at certain instances. So within probably five years, maybe even less, soccer's going to start doing that. And I think it'll drastically change the game because it completely takes away the incentive to time waste. And most of that, like falling down and everything, people people say it's like, oh, these players are just like wusses or whatever, but it's not. It's time wasting because yeah. if you're winning or if you're drawing in a game where you're expected to lose, it's, yeah, it's it, all the EV. Rules, the rules literally incentivize right, right. you to waste as much time as you can. Yeah. So when they get rid of that, if you have 15 really big blinds, 80 away from the money, it's, that's exactly what it is. It's tanking. Know? It's literally right. tanking. So the TD Summit and FIFA are going to get together yeah. next month and figure out how to fucking fix this shit. Yeah. You can send them a link to this podcast with timestamps. Right after FIFA has finished taking whatever bribes they're taking right now. Oh my god, so that documentary on Netflix, was it Netflix? I think. Um, that just no, did it. No, it was on Hulu. I think. Is it? Which one is it? 
Because there's one on Apple that I've watched one episode of. Oh, uh, definitely about, not that okay. one. Unless it, unless it, it's, no, it's, it's the one about the Super League. Is the one on yeah, Apple. Uh, so the one that I watched was on Netflix. God, what's the name? It's. It was about FIFA specifically. Yeah, yeah, yeah I yeah. haven't seen that one, but I don't need to to know how corrupt FIFA. Yeah, it was. Is, you know, it was the the. Uh, it basically followed the timeline of the president of FIFA from like ten or fifteen years ago, and right. like all Except the corruption. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the the insane thing about that for me is that they they uncovered all this crime and all this bribery that was that went into awarding the World Cup to Russia and then to Qatar, and then they said, well, you can still host the World Cup. Mm. We're just going to put in jail all the people that bribed you. Yeah, bri that, that it was it was a, it was about the entire Qatar thing. It's called yeah. FIFA Uncovered, right? There we yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, FIFA Uncovered. Like, yeah. The, the crazy thing to me is that they that they said like they we're like we know that you bribed people to get the World Cup. But it's too late for us to do the World Cup anywhere else, so you still get to have the World right. Cup, even though you got it through bribery. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's just the most insane logic to me. Yeah, it was pretty wild. Uh, they were saying, like, how many deaths were occurring because of... In Qatar, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, of Qatar the, the desert uh, climate and, like, the way that they just 6,000 immigrant labor. workers died in yeah. Qatar during the making of the stadiums. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely ridiculous. Wild. Do you think this is an inevitability, though, in almost anything where there's a lot of money and yeah. a lot of powerful <laughs> yeah. people involved? I sure. mean, I feel like we're seeing corruption on massive scales in basically every industry, in basically yeah, everywhere. I don't know how true it is, but I heard a rumor of, uh, I won't name any names, but like uh, a rumor of like a soccer match that was uh, going against some really big money that was betting bet against it like you know a, a massive underdog was winning or something like that and they just paid to have the lights shut off just mm -hmm. mid-game just turn off the stadium lights we're yeah, done here wouldn't surprise <laughs> me if that happened they don't even have to have a winner right. we don't even need one we just stop games whenever we want game's <laughs> over yo could you imagine like what's that price tag like to get those lights turned off probably not that much it was probably like in some dusty ass little corner of the world you know because mm -hmm. like the, the matches they're betting on it's not like as if it has to be right. world cup matches and the guy who has the control over the power in the stadium isn't the guy who gets paid a lot yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. like all right so like i wonder like what that price tag could get to though sure like that could be a huge number. Well, it depends for, like, what they have. These. It depends how much they're laying on of the course, game. Of course, of course. <laughs> the, problem, the problem though with that is that any game that gets stopped for a reason like that will be restarted at a later date, and they they just play it. All the bets are canceled. Yeah. Oh, if something they, gets oh, if okay. something yeah, yeah. restarted, usually bets get bets, canceled depending on where the you bet. bet. Stand, but I don't know the betting side of it. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Fair usually enough. bets are settled within like twenty four hours. Ah, uh, so. I see. Okay. Fair enough. I feel like it's only tennis that if they resume again, it starts back up. I'm unsure. Um, and there's been allegations of lots of the same stuff in tennis recently. I think part of the problem too now is there's so much information and data tracking of things, money, it's harder mm -hmm. to, to shift money. And Also, sports betting is just a billion dollar yeah. industry. Yeah. It's yeah. like insane. billions Shout of dollars. Shout out Mattress Mac, Houston. <laughs> <laughs> this, guy, <laughs> this guy doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. He does not. He's out here selling but mattresses. Think, even in the United States, if you look at some of the people who have some of the largest amounts of money, they end up buying sports teams. And certainly I think there's lots of reasons for that, but I have to imagine there's probably certain elements of corruption involved in yeah, I think it depends thing. on it. Big shout out to Mark Cuban. He's a he's a fellow Yinzer. He uh, just uh, went partners on a pickleball league out in Austin. Pickleball is popping. Booming. Poppin booming industry. Off, I need to get in. I yeah, need to get in. I need I need a piece, Mark. Hit me up. You know, you're you're busy. You don't have time to run a pickleball league. I got you. Hey, he retweeted Andre the other day. I saw Maybe that. you can get the connection I, I, from Andre. I'm not going to lie. I want to take a little bit of credit for this. Uh, I replied to Andre's tweet and said you know, huge thank you to Mark Cuban because mm -hmm. he he uh, he tagged cost plus drugs, but not yeah. Cuban. Shortly thereafter, yeah, 
quote tweet. I'm just saying, fellow Yinzers, you know, maybe we're uh, we're on to something. Mark was, Cuban, if you want to buy the podcast, I got you. I was true. hoping you were going to get a shout out from what's his name, McAfee, when he did the Royal Rumble last oh weekend. Oh my god. Bro. <laughs> Did you see, I, I meant to, uh, Guapo, you probably don't have this loaded, but if you could find it. Did you see the Jake Paul, uh, Logan, Logan, Paul, Logan, Paul Logan Paul rather? Ricochet, yeah, absolutely. That was insane. I might be back in on WWE. Yeah. It's been so long since I've cared. Where are you going? What, what, this kid thinks he's so impressive. Uh, what are you what talking about, doing? though? Who is Logan Okay, you're going to see this. this. This is ridiculous. Logan Paul and Ricochet. Who is Logan Paul? Are you serious? Jake Paul's brother. I've watched a lot of pro wrestling. I've never seen that before. That was so insane. Yeah, it's crazy. Absolutely crazy. And McAfee was really great on commentary too. Oh, he was I, fantastic. I, I haven't watched WWE in a long time, but I watched McAfee his entrance. Was really fun. On I watched commentary. his entrance. It was awesome. It was like a wrestler coming out. Yeah, the, the other commentators didn't know he was going to be there either. Yeah, yeah. So like, they, it took them completely well, by surprise. Didn't know. Well, I know. I've I've heard since it happened. Like. They legitimately, at least one of them, didn't know. Oh, yeah, yeah. The guy he's friends with, Michael Cole, he yeah, did, yeah, yeah. didn't know that McAfee was going to be there. So his reaction was completely genuine. Oh, okay. That, that makes some sense. Uh, yeah, I'm a huge fan of... I, I, I don't know. I'm not a big fan of Vince McMahon in general, but I think he's a genius at what he created. Yeah, he's a great businessman, but he's an absolutely terrible human being. Yes, <laughs> it really does seem that way. Uh, and those... I don't know anything really about it, but that was... Very athletic, what just happened. Yeah. Very impressive, right? Very I athletic. cannot believe the guy, like Logan Paul, um, he's he's only done like two pro wrestling matches, I think, so far in his under his contract that he now has with WWE. I have never seen anybody with so much of a natural aptitude for being a pro wrestler yeah. as Logan Paul. It's insane. Like, yeah. It, it's like it looks like he's been doing it for ten years or like his whole career. So he is going to be a huge star in in pro wrestling if he wants to be. Yeah, he's wildly like athletic. That. Yeah. So you crazy. like though the WWE? You said fly over states, but you watch the WWE. Listen, stop trying to pit me against the Midwesterners I in this country, okay? This, though you the, really, I would never peg you as a WWE. I grew fan. up watching it. I, I probably watched it religiously until I was like eighteen. Everybody who was really a teenager in the nineties yeah. watched it. It was it was the boom era. I mean, yeah. the Stone Cold era, the 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 Rock, uh, the Generation X, uh, Triple H, all these guys like Shawn Michaels. It was it was it was the time to watch it. Mm -hmm. And when I got into it, like it was the biggest thing in the world with Hulk Hogan and Ultimate Warrior. Mm -hmm. Like every, maybe not, but like my age, every kid grew up. Knowing, knowing who those two were. Same with my generation, yeah. My generation, pro wrestling was huge, even in the UK. In the UK? Yeah, absolutely. It's huge everywhere. It's huge. Oh, like, yeah, there's right a now, girl on the WWE, too, from the UK. There's multiple. There was a reality show I saw. There's, there's multiple. There's, uh, I, I, I can't think off the top of my head, but there's, like, a few Irish people, people from all over the world now. Like, they, they're yeah. really international. They're really trying to grow in, like, India and China and places like that now. Yeah, they've crushed it. I know, do you know who Terry Funk is? Of course. I know who Terry Funk okay, is. Okay, my oh, husband shit. did a match with Terry Funk. Oh, really? Oh I don't know who that is. <laughs> That's hilarious. I do know that because I've seen the video. He is notorious for having, like, he's like 75. Yeah. He's been wrestling for like 50 years. Yeah. And he's retired like 14 times. Yep. And just cannot give up. Like, it's like just every poker player retire. also. Yeah. yeah, wrestling and poker have a lot of overlaps in this regard. <laughs> oh, yeah. A lot of retirements and non-retirements. Yeah, it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's a great storyline. Uh, I think it's about time for us to get on out of here based off of uh, how the room is filling up. But uh, on our way out, I want to give a nice boot to the ass to one Tom Brady finally hanging it up. And I have to tell you, as a Steelers fan, I'm not sad to see him go. <laughs> this guy pretty much ruined everything uh, for the last 20 years of, of me watching the NFL. 
pretty much every step of the way. I, I think Roethlisberger might have won six Super Bowls if it were not for Tom Brady. So uh, congratulations on a wonderful career. Now get the fuck out of here. See you later. <laughs> we'll see you guys tomorrow at 10 a.m. See ya. See you later. Deuces.